We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to episode 377 of the Portal Podcast, brought to you by the Blue Wire Podcast Network. I'm Neil Hilton, and I know it's been over 24 hours, but I did need to recover a bit from the heat and traffic at Red Bull Arena, where I had the pleasure of watching the team for the first time in five years. Jules Kunde, we will be talking about him probably in about 35 hours or so. That show is scheduled to come out tomorrow night, so look out for that one all about Jules Kunde, who's I expect to be Barcelona's we'll say, most regular center back this season with the comments that Xavi did make after the Red Bull match about Ronald Araujo, which is not in the headlines or anything like that. But yeah, I think Xavi really did lend his hand to saying that Ronald Araujo, until he gets better on the ball, which I saw in person at Red Bull Arena, wasn't entirely there yet. Clearly, his ball playing was a step down from Garcia and Christensen. So until Araujo can get that figured out, of course, he's going to be Barcelona's best defender on the field, but he might be doing it a bit at right back, which could also change the calculation on how hard the club goes for Aspilicueta. That said, with no Dest in the Red Bull match, maybe it means that Dest is probably going to be, or at least they might be trying to push him out of the club at the moment and sell on an asset that is a young asset who could still go on the market for something. So anyway, this is a bit of a quick show today, almost a PSA as well for Peñas here. A reminder that as a Barca fan, if you can be in touch with your local Peña, do so. It's not only a community to watch the games with, but you may make some new friends too. For our listeners in the Northeast, or at least the New York area, your options are the Garden State Belgrana Peña in Hoboken, New Jersey, and the Peña FCB NYC in Manhattan. And I was lucky enough to talk to representatives from both at the game in Harrison. First up, Christian and Armando, the president and vice president of the Garden State Lagrana Pena. We discussed the event from the night before, where the two Penas met in New York City to welcome representatives of the club, including vice presidents Antonio Escudero and Elena Fort, board members Josep Ignacio Masia, Xavi Puj, and Juan Soler, plus Barcelona legend Juliano Belletti, you remember him from the 2006 Champions League final win against Arsenal, and Pedri's father, Fernando Gonzalez, was there as well, wearing a bright yellow Canary Islands shirt, so it was cool to see him and, and shake his hand as well. So without further ado, here is Christian and Armando. We're at the Fan Center at Red Bull Arena in Harrison, New Jersey. Now, last night, I'm joined by Christian, president of the Garden State Pena. How does that whole collaboration happen between the club and the Garden State and NYC Peñas? Well, uh, we actually kind of took a back seat this time around and we let our counterparts in New York City kind of take the lead on it. You know, they have very close ties to the Catalan people. 
Um, you know, they got some Catland members within their board, and so they really have those relationships that they, you know, cultivate and nourish throughout the year. So we kind of piggybacked off of that, and they kind of made the, you know, the event happen and, and invited us to be a part of it, which I'm very grateful to them for inviting us and, and making us part of it. So. You know, it was one of those situations where they told us beforehand there was going to be a couple of representatives. We weren't quite sure who it was going to be. Um, likewise, the same situation with the DeBarsa legend. We weren't informed beforehand. So it was quite a surprising element to the whole, um, you know, situation and the experience. So we were just happy to be part of it. You know, last time that the uh, conglomerate of, you know, Barcelona people were here, it was before we became official. So really, this was our first major event as a Peña to be able to part and, and you know, be a host. and welcome these members of the club uh, into our, our you know, home base and in our area. So it was very you know, exciting and, and very fortunate for us. Yeah, and obviously all the international listeners are always wondering, and we heard it last night at the event, how the club is going to continue to try to push into the North American market, in particular, of course, in Asia as well. But, yeah, what kind of conversations did you have, very, again, very briefly, with those board members? And you could even pantomime what they said last night at the event in terms of more collaboration with the North American market. Yeah, so, you know, they're really relying on us Peñas who are well-established to really uh, tune into our communities and really help spread the Barcelonismo and everything that we stand for, the core values that we stand for as a club. So as, you know, ambassadors of the brand, we're really here to kind of spread everything that we have. And, you know, they're really trying to expand within the North American market uh, extensively. So, you know, we have our communications with our other sister Peñas and together, we have a collective effort and we have a strategy to try to spread that Barcelonese more across the board. So really excited to be part, form a part of it. And I think within the next couple of years, the American government, I mean, the American system is going to be more receptive to it, especially the youth system here, because we have such a you know, rich youth soccer league here in the States. So I think MLS is going to benefit from it as well. Uh, just, you know, the experience today with the opponent being New York Red Bulls, I think that's going to add to their fan base as well, having an opponent of this caliber uh, being here today. Yeah, I know he's not here anymore, but Caden Clark being the connection between the Barca Academy, of course, then getting that huge deal to RB Leipzig with Red Bull being the opponent today. Now, so obviously this is being spoken about before the games. We don't know the results of the games, but as far as being president of the Garden State, Pena, what have your members or who have your members been the most excited about? And I mean, at least I can, again, speak from personal experience too about the podcast. People are back. People are excited. These signings have really reinvigorated this community in a way that I think we haven't seen in the, at least one or two years. So what are the names, what is the buzz about what the expectations are even of this season from your Pena members? Well, I think everybody's excited about the youth players that are getting an opportunity to finally show what they're about. But I wanted to defer the question, obviously, to my VP, who is the one more in tune with most of the social aspect of our group, and he can answer that question a lot better. Hey, how you doing? I uh, appreciate that. I mean, Peñas are not born one day to another. I think the real aspect of a Peña is when you struggle. And, um, and we've had a bad couple of years as a, as a team. But honestly, uh, I'm very excited that uh, everybody's kind of showing up. And, uh, and I, w- we, we kind of understand that. It's like, uh, I don't want to say that uh, people don't come in and don't, you know, help the team out when they're only winning. But, uh, but we also have to be realistic about the whole thing. But we hit rock bottom. And I think that was beautiful. And what's happening right now in Jersey, in New Jersey, is like we're seeing a combination of um, hitting rock bottom and these signings, like Christian said, it's like 
we're finally on the uh, upside of what's really happening. I agree with the whole thing uh, of the North American market and everything. So we like that uh, we're here, we're participating in this whole thing. Um, I think they understand that. Um, you did mention something about uh, what Christian asked some of the board members, and I'm like, I was very disappointed what happened during the, the Peña movement at the beginning of the pandemic and what happened with La Porta. Mm -hmm. We're an integral part of the movement. And I'm really happy that they're kind of, um, you know, extending their, their, their arms right now. And it's like, we want to be part of this, um, but they have to do a little bit more. So we're getting the, the preferential treatment. But unfortunately, what's happening is like a, it, has to, it has to go from there. Um, so I'm not going to say that I'm fully happy. Um, they have to do a little bit more. But, uh, but thanks for the opportunity. Um, you guys are more than welcome to, uh, you know, share a little bit of New Jersey, uh, you know, hospitality. Um, and we love that you guys are here. And uh, you're more than welcome to join us anytime over at Mulligan's, our, our base bar. Um, it's a great place to actually watch a game. So uh, thank you for having us. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Thanks again to Christian and Armando. I had a little trouble with all of the audio being in the parking lot as well, but but Vice President Armando had also professed that he was a bit concerned about the club's response to the Peñas with the pandemic. And while things, he admitted, had improved, he's still hoping to feel better supported by the club in North America. And I'm hoping that that event was one of the things that can kind of propel Barcelona to being more helpful to the North American market. And I also think some of the business they might be doing in the coming year, again, trying to bring in more revenue. So while it may not be, we'll say, for the most altruistic reasons, that being the club trying to bring in more revenue, I do hope that that desire to reach into the North American market continues to help foster those relationships between the club and their North American pennies. So so then sitting in the stands post-game, I did get to speak with Ricky and Lee from the NYC Pena. So here are those two. They are not president or vice president or anything, but they are two of the more devout members of the NYC Pena, who you will have seen their faces if you've been in Smithfield Hall for a number of years now, hanging out there. I think it being the last game before they're traveling, I think it's more of entertaining the New York City fans more than anything. Um, it was a lot of fun. It was great to see the whole fans, uh, to see... The team being here, 
And all in all, it's just a great environment. I can tell you it's just a lot of fun. The, the two goals that we saw were beauties. Dembele's goal was a masterpiece. It was a master class, and it was just it was an all-around great time. And then, Lee, also from the NYC, Pena, as far as seeing players in person, I mean, that's why I wanted to be here, just to physically see who's faster than I thought they were, Rafinha, and who's got better tricks, or even Balde, faster than I thought he was. So what guys in person do you think changed a little bit of perception of what you thought of those guys? I've, always, I've been a big fan of Kessie for a while, so I really enjoyed him. I wanted to see Pablo Torre a little bit more. Uh, I don't think we've seen enough of him, but I, I think Xavi was experimenting a lot. Uh, like you saw, like you said, he, he played around a little bit with center back. I mean, I, I think today was a good game. It was just, I think we were just moving pieces around to see how people function in different positions. And then finally, Lewandowski probably had three or four shots. That, I mean, he scored 50 goals last year, and of course he misses. He probably could have had four goals tonight. What do you think is going to need to happen? What's that one thing, that final missing piece from having Lewandowski score? I think it's the the touch passes leading into Louis scoring a goal. I think they're still, because he's still new, they still don't know how, where he likes the passes to come from. So I think once they get back and they really start practicing more together, then those final touches, those final passes, that magic touch will finally come in and you'll see him scoring goals like he normally would. And thanks again to Christian, Armando, Ricky, and Lee for speaking with me. And the final part of today's show is my five headlines for the game. I didn't mention Memphis Tobias' goal, but what I will say is that Memphis has earned that goal this preseason with his intensity. For all the second half subs, Memphis was pushing harder than almost everybody else on that field. And I also didn't mention Oscar Mangetha's move to Celta de Vigo for four years on that contract. And, you know, after being at the club for more than 15 years in total, that being Mangetha, and being one of the least paid members of the squad. So it is really just freeing up a shirt number and helping the wage bill just a little bit more for the career of Oscar Mangetha at Barcelona. I had said it from the very start. I was surprised that he ever even got an opportunity. Having watched him with Barca B, I just never thought he was going to be good enough. I also thought he was pushing the age or he was getting even a bit too long in the tooth to get that call up. You know, why was he not up there earlier? But hey, he got his chances under Ronald Koeman. He played in some big, big, important games, had... Good performances, had shaky performances, but I think he's going to be a professional certainly for a long time. And, and I do hope to see him playing at fullback for Celta this season, you know, but I could see him filling in at center back as well. His versatility, I think, will be the thing that keeps him around, at least in the Liga for a while. So with that, here are those five headlines. Hey everybody, so this match review is going to be, I guess, a bit unorthodox because, yeah, I got to see the game live at Red Bull Arena. So I'm getting home a bit done with the traffic, a bit done with the heat, but ready to analyze and try to figure out what we can conclude from what was another friendly in the U.S. against an MLS team with a ton of players playing, some of which who may not be with the team in just a week's time or two weeks' time. Who really knows at this point? And with seeing this team in person, too, I must say that I did get to meet Julio Belletti just briefly last night. That was a cool experience, as well as Xavi Puj, who is the director of the Feminino. So he has some cool experiences as the Barcelona first team has come and toured in the U.S. Yeah, it's been great for me. But as I said, there was a lot going on about the match day experience. And in particular, I think the thing that stands out for me, well, let's actually just get right into it. Headline number one is in person. As I was trying to watch the match, sure, it was the fanfare, it was the stadium, it was a lot, a lot, a lot of Barca fans, very few 
Red Bull fans there. I think that comes with their season ticket plan. So they did come, not even begrudgingly, but to see FC Barcelona take the opportunity. But for Barca fans in the Northeast, this is their opportunity to see the team that they almost never get to play. And it was a reminder for me, too, that the last time I saw them play was five years ago. Very much like many of my viewers and many of the listeners of the podcast, we don't really get to see the team in person. So getting to see them in person was really special for the reasons that I was trying my best, and I was probably bothersome to my wife or the people around me because I wasn't really looking at the ball per se or what the action was happening, but I was trying my best to take in everything, the positioning of everybody who you won't be seeing on screen when those cameras are panning and following the ball. But as I was trying to discuss with the people around me and shouts to the NYC Pena that I'm a member of and that I did sit with, they gave me some good conversation. I was able to have some back and forth with some of them, but the people going outside the stadium and coming into the stadium, well, not so sure about that. Again, that said, the Garden State Pena and the NYC Pena, of which I am a member, are two terrific groups, hospitality. And a reminder too, these organizations, that being the Penas, that's what you want to join. These are the communities you want to be with. Yeah, it's fine to just show up and watch the games in particular, but if you can find a, not even a local Pena, but whatever your nearest Pena is, joining these groups of people are the ones that you can have conversation with have community with and try to watch and enjoy the games with depending on where you are. Again, location, I understand that not every place has a Pena, but it's been really cool even for the Garden State Pena that wasn't an official Pena even a few years ago when I started the pod and the growth that they have had. And now they're a full-fledged Pena and an important liaison for the Barca, that being the board members that arrived last night that we got to meet at Smithfield Hall. So again, headline one is in person, twofold. It's about actually getting to see the full match in total. I'll talk more about that. But part B is just the Peñas and understanding the communities that Barcelona is trying to foster around the world. It's a reminder for me, because I'm always watching here in my little studio, kind of shying away from everybody in the outside world. But it was a reminder for me that You know, Barca is all about that community. It is all about that one family that can join together to enjoy this team. Even though there are some weird cousins and knuckleheads that I had to deal with in traffic as I was trying to go home, but yeah, I've gone too far. Let's get to headline two. Headline two is Gabi covers ground. Now this is the in-person thing I learned. That Gabi, for what we see with him, his fight, and I know those watching at home, you saw his fight, you saw his bite, you saw his desire, you saw some trickery too, some fancy footwork that he had, especially in that first half. And Gabi is special. We know that, true. But I think what I didn't know from just watching on television or watching on my computer or wherever the stream is, is that Gabi is everywhere on that field. You know, Busquets has his position. And I talk a lot about that rest defense. But Busquets is supremely disciplined. And so Gabi, he's not really, unlike when we first saw him come up last year, the 16-year-old even, where you felt like at times he was running around like a chicken with his head cut off. Now it seems like Gabi's a bit more mature to the point where if he made a move or if he said, oh, I'm going to go to the other side of the field at this point to try to cut down this counterattack or, or get forward and stay on that right side, someone will cover for me. It seems like Gabi's positional sense has improved even from last season. And again, I could see that when off the ball, he was getting exactly where he needed to be to help the attack. And then defensively, he would get back to where he needed to do as well. So I, I was really impressed with just how much ground he covered today from left back to even the right back at times, right wing. He was all over the place starting at that left interior spot. And for me, more from Gabi when it comes to that. And the other guy I want to give credit to in person, in person. So if you weren't at the game, you can't argue with me in the comments below. Eric Garcia, I've been arguing for a while. Progressive passing, he makes sense. He'll be a fourth or fifth or even sixth center back for FC Barcelona this season. So lay off a guy that makes only 3 million euros gross at the bottom of the wage structure. But I can report that 
even though he had that foul, like I always say he does, where the number nine has his back to goal, 40 yards, 50 yards from goal, and of course, Eric Garcia is going to foul him. But there was a number of occasions when he didn't foul in that situation today, as well as cutting out a bunch of attacks. And again, I don't know if you can really understand the positional sense and the timing that he was able to display. Yes, a Red Bull forward or Red Bull winger is not the same as a Champions League final or knockout stage caliber winger. Yeah, probably not. But his anticipation as things were building up to it, seeing in person, I think, again, seeing is believing a little bit in this sense. And he was just as good on the ball. Again, that foray he had in the second half, almost into the penalty box, really, setting up Ansu. And yeah, while well, the goal scorers will get to them in a second, and those who didn't score, if you will. But again, Eric Garcia, I come away having seen him in person. All this bias I have, just to warn all of you, I'm probably going to be even worse now because Eric Garcia was really good when I got to see him in person. And heck yeah, I'm going to be a little bit biased now because of what I've seen and what I know that he's capable of. Well, at least at this level of competition, which I think is very similar to what is the bottom of the league of this season, potentially. Remember, the NYFC forward, that being Tati Castellanos, is likely going to be the leading goal scorer and the main number nine for Girona this year. So I don't think the distance between the bottom of La Liga and the top MLS Cup winning team in NYCFC is really that far apart. Three is wingers run wild. I was interested to see again, and I don't want to overthink this, but I also don't want to underthink it. It seems to me, and I could be wrong here, that Xavi would like Rafinha to play on the left wing. He has that left foot, and he wants his wingers to stay wide. He wants them to stay on the touchline, and with Rafinha's ability to cut in, he trusts his wingers to cut in when the time comes. He's not trying to overcross or have his wingers only be those crossing, or fullbacks have to overlap every time. We saw some of the best work, that being from Barca, especially on that header from Lewandowski, when Rafinha would push that right back as far and deep as possible. He would come out wide, Alba would fill in that space, and then that cross in to the half space that Lewandowski is making that run in behind for. That is a picture-perfect bread and butter when they're going to have to break a La Liga low block. And the same thing goes with Copa del Rey. Those low blocks, that is how you beat it. It's getting room and space in the half spaces by pulling out the width of those fullbacks and making things happen that way. Now, the Red Bulls did play four at the back as opposed to five or six, like we'll see in the Copa del Rey or the bottom of the Liga. But onto the goal scoring, that beat Ousmane Dembele, who started on the right, moved back over to the left to make Rafinha comfortable. But that said, the flexibility and fluidity already, and I don't know how much we're going to see of Rafinha and Dembele together this year, you know, as I keep putting them both on the right wing and then switching them out and having Fati on the left. But with Fati's health, his knees, and again, he's not going to be playing all the time. He'll be subbed out at times. We're going to see plenty of Rafinha and Dembele on the field together. And their strengths are pretty promising things. Defensively, Dembele was where he needed to be, and especially those horizontal runs that both of them are capable of. I think they can really unbalance a defense. And then when you have a Lewandowski there to poach or try to get a goal, it just leaves those back lines on the back foot completely sputtering. And the other thing that was interesting to me was Xavi switching them midway through the first half because I thought Rafinha did pretty good on that left wing, and Dembele was getting plenty of the ball and seeing the ball and getting to the touchline at a decent rate on the right wing. So when he switched them, they did have more success, and that's how the goal was scored. Yes. But again, I was also puzzled as to what Xavi didn't like, why he would switch them back. That is the answer that I really want to know, and maybe he'll answer at a press conference, I got to hit those up, or maybe he was just experimenting and he didn't want to stick with anything for too long. That makes sense too. Four is Lewandowski, shocker. I have not seen the highlights just yet. Maybe I should go watch them before this comes out. I mean, probably you've seen them a ton of times and you watched it, but 
from my seat high up above in Red Bull Arena, I mean, some of those misses, especially again from my angle, it just looked like he had so many terrific angles on goal. And yeah, the goalkeepers kind of stood on their heads at times, but those are ones that Lewandowski last year is basically putting in with his nose or his ear or an eyebrow. He's knocking those in and they're going underneath those keepers in the Bundesliga or the Champions League. But there at Red Bull Arena, Lewandowski could not find the back of the net. And, you know, people are starting with the whole curse thing. And Lewandowski is one of the rare, rare examples. This was having an onto in the preseason or Dembele or Rafinha or a Pedri, or Kessier, or Memphis, or Aubameyang, you get the point. If it was anybody else, I would be a smidgen worried, especially how this friendly felt like a friendly at times with the tackling and some of the shirt pulling, and again, things that you don't get to see on TV. It was a bit more physical, we'll say, behind the, the, the high angle, if you understand, the broadcast angle that they were showing. So it was a little more physical behind the scenes, but still, it was a friendly, and you could tell, that second half, that whole game, unlike the Real Madrid game, even the Juventus game, the subs came on and the tempo, the pace, the desire, the fight of that game, and it was the heat, humidity as well. I mean, they just come off three days ago playing in Dallas in that heat, so I totally understand it. But yeah, except for Memphis, who came shot out of a cannon, you know, for, I guess, trying out for the team, a team that's trying to force him out of the club, you know, the whole rest of everybody kind of went down, especially when PK slid in with that really bad, ugly yellow card earning tackle. When he did that, kind of felt like, okay, Red Bull are going to go into second gear, especially after they got the red card, and Barca are going to go into second gear a bit too. Then it ends with some people coming on the field, some pitch invasions. I don't know if that was shown or if you heard about that, but yeah, really frustrated, a lot of knuckleheads. So it was a weird feel leaving the stadium, but anyway, also weird because Lewandowski, all he's done for years now is score goals, and to see him not scoring goals in just shocking fashion, yeah. It's a little unnerving, but again, I am zero worried about Robert Lewandowski putting the ball in the back of the net. Talk to me in December when he's struggling or has four or five goals at that point. And the fifth headline here is no conclusions. I think that's the only thing that will say, quote unquote, frustrates me because of how many players were on the field. And it was pretty much everybody I was excited to see. It's hard to extrapolate almost anything because even the guys that impressed me, again, Eric Garcia, Jules Koundé is arriving. So as much as I'm touting up Eric Garcia, he is still, again, probably the fifth or sixth competing with PK who has done nothing to impress anybody, but we know the role that he plays in this club, so he might be fourth on that depth chart. That said, the center-back pairing for Barcelona, yeah, Kune's not here yet, but Ron Rajo keeps playing right back. He played right back against Real Madrid, he played right back again against the Red Bulls, and he also came off the bench against Juventus. So he hasn't started at center-back. So your best center-back pairing, Kunde and Araujo, again, neither have actually started a preseason game at center-back. At their level, I'm not too worried about them either, but I'm interested to see what Xavi's trying to do here with that right-back rotation in particular. Is it Roberto? I don't think he's a starter. Dest didn't even play tonight. Is there no Dest? Does that mean that he's going to try to be sold? I mean, we know what the club wants to do, but we know what he wants to do. So yeah, what's Barca going to do at right-back? Big question marks for me, because again, if Araujo's at right-back, well, that changes the calculation, and Barca can they have so many other center backs. I, I think Garcia is a better center back at the left center back position as far as raising the ceiling of the team than Dest is at right back. And even Roberto is at right back. You get more from putting a Rocco there, even though he did struggle tonight. That must be said too. Was struggling with his passing. Just, I think for Rahu, he's got to go at 100%. And, you know, see, friendlies don't really fit those physical all intense, go-after-it kind of guys. It was just a weird pace of a game for him, and I totally understand how he never found it, but again, his passing, not too great either, even though everyone else was, I think, combining pretty well. So in that midfield, we've seen Pjanic on two occasions as the backup pivot, 
that even forced Nico to play center back today. So is that Nico is going to be Busquets' backup and Barca are trying to shop Pjanic? Or are they looking at Pjanic's salary and saying, I don't think we're going to get this guy off the books, even though he's willing to defer his wages to get a loan just like he did last year? Maybe this guy is going to be useful. And the crazier part is that Pjanic now through two games, small sample size, sure, but we know he's a quality player. And he's been fine in that pivot. He moves the ball really well. He looks to break the lines pretty well. And he does that at a decent rate. And then Frankie Young pops it back in midfield today for the start. So I don't know if we can draw any conclusions from anything that Xavi did, especially in this game in particular. From the Real Madrid game, that's the one that I look at and say, all right, that's the formula in El Clasico. It's very similar to what he did last season with the pieces that were here. And he just added the new pieces to, we'll say, that, that El Clasico gumbo. And so the Juan Gamper trophy, I guess that's where I'm going to try to learn something. Is that where guys in the squad for this season are going to be put more to the forefront and those who are on not only the bubble but expected to not be with the team this year? Are they really going to be pushed to the end? I think that's for the Gamper trophy to decide. Because the Liga starts in two weeks. So let's get Kunde in there and let's get all these things working, including Lewandowski hitting the back of the net. So, so that'll be it. I don't want to get too repetitive with stuff. But yeah, it was really cool to see everybody in person. I think the players all look kind of what they look like. The only thing I have to say is Ansu actually looked a bit smaller to me, a bit shorter. But he does have that gait with his run. And boy, is he a talent. Same thing with Pedri. I wish I had gotten to see more of Pedri. But last thing, actually, before we go, Alejandro Balde in person. He should be pushing that backup spot. I can declare that having seen him now multiple times this preseason. He's been way better in this preseason for the first team than he even was with Barca B last year. I promise. He was hurt. He just didn't look like he was up to it. But he is so fast. Yes, it's against the Red Bulls and what happens when you have a winger that can go at his pace. I'm wondering what's going to happen with his defensive positioning. Sure. But Balde, that guy is a speed merchant and he can definitely get after it offensively and defensively he had some moves especially on those cutbacks late in that game and he was pushing and he was pushing so when the competition goes up i want to see him tested but certainly i keep reiterating it just like eric garcia if you're talking about the bottom teams in the liga Yes, Balde absolutely deserves some rotation minutes. So good on Alejandro Balde and good on you for sticking with me for this one. And again, thanks so much to the Garden State Pena, that is the Pena in New Jersey and Hoboken, and the NYC Pena, my home Pena, for talking with me and enjoying the game with me. But also thank you to you for always supporting. Again, you know we have the merch store. I got this one covered in sweat today. Try to see as many people who could see me. And a few who do watch the YouTube and who listen to the podcast did recognize me. So if you're out there and you saw me today, hello again. And thank you so much again, as always, for Barca. All right, that's it. So there's Twitter, there's Instagram, the Facebook group, Patreon, the YouTube channel. You know where to find all of our content as well as our merch store, the Barcelona podcast. That's the link down in the description below. And a reminder at the end here as well that Jules Koundé, that podcast will be coming out this week. And then we're right into it on Sunday is the Gamper Trophy. And that, while it may not be an official trophy, it does always feel like the official start of the season when the squad gets introduced. And with all the choices that Xavi, I think, still has to make and the club still needs to make with their squad, that Gamper Trophy, it could go a long way in telling us who this team will be this year as far as the players literally the who's who of who will play this year but most importantly thanks so much for listening to the Barcelona podcast until next time I'll talk to you soon and force the Barca everyone is talking about magnesium it's all you hear about but why what do we know about magnesium well magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in 
If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.